Welcome to Taking the Higher Road, a Driver Reach and Freight Waves production. I'm your host, Jeremy Raymer, founder and CEO of Driver Reach. On this show, I interview industry experts and thought leaders who bring their insights to the driver life cycle as we discuss the industry's greatest challenges, driver recruiting and retention. I appreciate all the feedback we've received on the show so far. Uh, definitely enjoy hearing from you. Send a message to podcast at driverreach.com for any questions or suggestions you may have. And don't forget to rate and review Taking the Higher Road on whatever platforms you're using to listen. This week, I'm honored to be joined by one of my favorite people in the industry, a wonderful person who's committed her career to the betterment of the industry through research and data, Rebecca Brewster, President and COO of the American Transportation Research Institute. Welcome to the show, Rebecca. Great to see you. Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks for having me on today. It's excited to be here with you. Well, this is the first time you've joined me on Taking the Higher Road. We've got a ton to talk about, so I definitely want to dive in. But but first off, I'd like to congratu uh, congratulate you uh, for Atri's 20-year anniversary. Uh, what an amazing accomplishment. And uh, it was great to be able to celebrate this milestone with you in San Antonio last month. Uh, I'd also like to talk about uh, the value of Atri's research, including the annual Top 10 uh, Industry Issues Survey, and how our listeners can best position themselves to address the top issues for drivers. Uh, I'd like to learn more about Atri's crash predictor model. Uh, I want to be sure we discuss the, the recently announced uh, Atri research project that, that Atri's board recently approved. And then, of course, we'd also like to uh, take a deeper dive with one of the questions submitted by a listener. Think we can cover all that on this show? It's a lot of ground to cover, but I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> well, before we do, I want to point out something that you and I have in common. Um, any idea? And it's <laughs> no, and it's and it's not it's not that that neither one of us is Chinese. Although that is true, that's not where I was going. Um, you have donned the cover of the Arkansas Trucking Report magazine. Which is this is an amazing picture, brand new, uh, just came out, just just got this, and I also was honored to uh, to to don the uh, the cover of the magazine, and it's an honor. I'm, I'm humbled to share your company with that honor. Well, I feel just the same, Jeremy. I, I kind of feel sorry for Kevin and Wendy, our spouses, because now I'm <laughs> sure we're just a little harder to live with now that we're covering yeah. models. <laughs> right. I mean that. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, the, the bar is high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's talk about Atri real quick. You know, I, I know it's the industry's not-for-profit research uh, organization. Can you tell the audience what makes Atri so important to the trucking industry? Well, I think really, Jeremy, it's because we're stakeholders in the trucking industry. So there are certainly other organizations, universities, consulting firms, and others that do research in this space. But what Atri brings to the table is a real deep bench in the trucking industry. Um, our small staff has combined over 150 years of service to this organization. So we've been around a long time uh, as trucking industry researchers. We understand the industry and we bring that depth of knowledge to each of the topics that are identified by our research advisory committee. I happen to be on that research advisory committee. Nice uh like nice setup. Uh, I had the honor of serving not just one, but this is my second term, and uh, really appreciate that. It's it's and it's, it's exciting to be working with so many different stakeholders as you described from so many different facets of the industry. Uh, you learn a lot about each other, and it's encouraging because there, when you look at Congress and their inability to cooperate and, and compromise and and um, and be civil and have some civil discourse, it's encouraging when we're able to do that in a room together. Now. Uh, can you share uh, about how Atri determines what the top research projects will be each year? I know, 
So we do rely very heavily on our research advisory committee members, RAC members, and, and they, as you know, Jeremy, come from a, a wide swath of experience in terms of their trucking industry, the, their nexus to the trucking industry, because we have motor carriers, trucking industry suppliers, academia, government, law enforcement, and uh, that group is responsible for annually reviewing some 20 to 30 different research proposals that have been developed either by our staff or in conjunction with RAC members or submitted by outside parties. And RAC members spend two days very thoroughly vetting each of those research proposals, discussing the merits of that research for answering one of the trucking industry's burning knowledge gaps for advancing the industry's safety and productivity. And then after the course of that two-day, very in-depth discussion of each of those projects, RAC members get to vote and select their top uh, priority topics. That becomes a non-binding recommendation that then goes to the ATRI Board of Directors. They spend a lot of time reviewing and discussing those top priority topics and ultimately either approve or, or move in the ranking uh, based on how that conversation goes. Now that the ATRI board, you know, recently approved this year's uh, research topic. So uh, if, if you've got them handy, can you uh, take a few minutes to, to highlight them? I, I know that, that they um, align with a lot of the top issues that are that, you know, kind of get fleshed out every year, at least this past year. They do. And, and they really do touch on a number of the, the big burning issues in the trucking industry. First and foremost is our workforce. And so the number one research priority this year is understanding how to better integrate 18 to 20-year-olds into the trucking industry. And Jeremy, as you know, coming out of the Research Advisory Committee, that was really focused just on drivers. But as our board talked about it, uh, they said, you know, we really need to advance the ball on how to uh, integrate younger individuals into other positions in the trucking industry, whether that's technicians or back office folks or uh, folks on the front line in sales, we really need to understand the messaging, the effective recruitment, and the ref, uh, effective training and retention practices for uh, millennials and, and Gen Z. Any other, any, there's electric vehicles. I know that was uh, the... So you know, we have two top priorities focused on um, the move really by the Biden administration or the emphasis by the Biden administration on um the nation, moving the nation's fleet to more electric vehicles. And, and it really touches two ends of that continuum for the trucking industry. One is, what are the infrastructure considerations that would come with a class seven and eight uh, electric vehicle uh, network? You know, where do we have to have charging stations? What are the demands on the grid? Uh, what are the things that localities need to consider uh, if they're going to set up for uh, commercial vehicles, heavy commercial vehicles that are electric? And the other is to really understand the environmental issues that are associated with sort of the full life cycle of electric vehicles from production of the batteries to uh, use of those vehicles and how are you generating power. And then to the end of that continuum, uh, how do you dispose of the, that equipment once it's run its life cycle? And so both, I think, will be very um, informative and certainly very timely for what's going on. Another one uh, that I think is also very timely is actually an update of research that we published in 2019, looking at the impact of the de decriminalization of marijuana on roadway safety, because as more states move to decriminalize marijuana, our professional truck drivers are sharing the road with, potentially sharing the road with drivers who are impaired by marijuana. And so this will 
update that research, look at the states that have uh, continued to move towards decriminalization of marijuana, and in some cases, other uh, substances, and what that has meant for roadway safety and what the trucking industry needs to do uh, as it navigates its way with its workforce in states where uh, marijuana is, has been decriminalized. Yeah, that's it's going to be an exciting year. Looking forward to uh, to, to seeing a lot of that uh the results of that uh, research. Now, beyond that, there are a number of annual reports from from Atri that that require uh, data collection for motor carriers and other industry stakeholders. And, and most recently, I think uh, maybe within the last week or two, Atri issued a call for motor carriers to participate in the annual operational cost data collection. What's that report used for, and, and how does that help the industry? It was uh, originally we started this in two thousand and eight, and we thought it was going to be a one time research analysis to really populate the transportation planning process with real-world trucking industry cost data so that transportation planners, as they're thinking about um, infrastructure investment, would understand the value of saving a truck uh, an hour stuck in traffic or, you know, what it costs to go an extra mile as they look at that. But it was so popular that first year, Jeremy, with so many motor carriers who use that information as a benchmarking tool that we really uh, understood from the industry that they wanted us to do this on an annual basis. So every year since 2008, we put out this annual data call for four higher motor carriers to provide very detailed financial data to ATRI. We aggregate that, we analyze it, we come up with an average cost per mile and per hour to operate a truck. Uh, it breaks it down by sector of the industry. So if you're a truckload carrier, your costs are different than those who are less in truckload or in the specialized segment. Um, we compare small fleets to big fleets. So, you know, owner operators and, and small, you know, five or fewer truck operators certainly experience different cost metrics than do their larger peers. And so we break it out by size as well. So we're uh, eager to get start getting that data in. We actually did just kick it off last week. We already have seven completed forms in, so we're off to a good start. Well, and that's uh, you know it's not just carriers, right? Owner operators as well, we and uh, it's really easy to to provide that information uh, via the website through that uh, data entry form. Is that right? It is. We we have both um, a PDF of the form that folks can download if they want to take a look at it and go gather the data because there is some um, you know the information they have to go back and, and gather. But then to submit it to ATRI is very easy through our website at truckingresearch.org, uh, where uh, folks can provide that data to us. And to repeat that, truckingresearch.org. I know we're going to reference it a couple of times today, but uh, but that's where uh, anybody listening can go and access that and provide that information. And there's an added benefit for those who participate, right? They get to see that you know, benchmarking data before it's released to the public? They, they do, Jeremy. All participants in the operational cost of trucking get an advanced copy of the full report so that they can uh, get a jump ahead on their peers in terms of understanding how their costs stack up to the rest of the industry. So um, there's a lot of a lot more information that, that ATRI provides on an annual basis. There's the top industry issue survey, something that I participated in for a long time. And it's and it's very, very helpful because it's not just from a driver's or not just from a carrier's perspective, but also from a driver's perspective. How long has ATRI been uh, conducting that survey? I feel like I've been doing it for well over a decade. Well, we actually started that one in 2005. 
And we surveyed the industry at large. And as you point out, uh, it was in 2016, I believe, that we started to generate enough responses from drivers, professional drivers, that we started breaking out uh, the analysis to show how motor carriers rank the issues versus how professional drivers rank the issue. And, and Jeremy, as you know, sometimes those differences are, are among the most telling. And, and typically on the motor carrier side, the driver shortage, driver retention are among the top one or two issues. Uh, but uh, And I always point out, if those are your number one and two issues, then you really need to understand the things that professional drivers care about. And in the most recent survey, Number one for drivers was the lack of truck parking. Number two, driver compensation. And number three, detention. Yeah, if that's to your point, if that's something that is impacting, you know, your ability to hire drivers, then, you know, it behooves you to to address those types of issues. I don't know that they're all real easy to address, uh, but I know Atri's done a lot of research from a truck parking standpoint, and we don't have enough time on this particular show, but that's a whole nother uh, segment. I think there's some really good information that's been uh, Uncovered. Now, uh, that that survey takes place. That's usually in the fall. Is that right? We launch that one typically late summer, August or early September, and we keep it open through early October. And we release the results every October as part of the American Trucking Association's management conference and exhibition. And so the reason why I asked that question is I know last year, especially uh, normally, you know, in the course of a year, it's you probably don't doesn't really matter when you ask the, the you know, take the survey. It's probably going to you know have the same results. But last year, I feel like, you know, in the fall, you know, coming through covid in the fall, you know, we're right back where we are now where it's as hard as it's ever been to to recruit, qualify and, and hire drivers. But if that survey had been taken, say, in, you know, March, or April or May, completely different uh, you know results. I think we would have seen different results. I, we had COVID-19 as an issue that, that respondents could select from, didn't make the top 10. And, and I think that's because by the time the survey was launched, we were sort of, I hate to say this, but in the groove of the pandemic, at least in the trucking industry, we had figured out a lot of the challenges of operating on, uh, in those constraints that we had to under the pandemic. But I also think about some other issues that didn't rank as high as they typically do in 2020, for instance, uh, transportation infrastructure and congestion typically is a top 10 issue overall. Um, but we know that congestion dropped significantly, particularly in the early months of the pandemic. And so while it ranked high on the motor carrier list, I believe it was number seven overall for motor carriers, it did not crack the top 10. Speaking of congestion, this is another one of Atri's uh, pieces that are put out every year, the uh, top bottlenecks. And uh, yeah, there was a lot of, to your point, uh, yesterday, last year was there was an asterisk, you know, and on a lot of things, actually. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but, and but I think certainly on our bottleneck <laughs> list as well. And, you know, we, we develop that analysis every year with our truck GPS data set. We have over a million trucks freight trucks worth of GPS data that comes into us in real time at Atri. And so we monitor congestion at 300 plus locations around the country. And each year we calculate how slowly trucks are operating due to congestion and how many trucks are impacted. So speed and volume go into that calculation. That was changed in 2020. We uh, particularly early on didn't see quite the volumes that we typically see, but certainly truck speeds were improved because all the four wheelers stayed at home. Sure. Well, you mentioned uh, truck GPS data. Uh, 
that was seems to be a game changer in terms of you know uh, from a from a data collection standpoint and what you can do with that. You know when when was Atri first able to to access this type of data and and how has that changed the game as far as research research is concerned? We've been working with our truck GPS data sets originally since 2002, working with the US DOT, and we still have a very good partnership with the US DOT for a whole host of analyses. Um, most recently, I think about the work we did uh, on the I-40 bridge uh, when that bridge uh, connecting Tennessee and Arkansas was discovered to have a, a structural uh, crack in it. Uh, and traffic had to be rerouted. We were able to quickly do an analysis for the USDOT, looking at what was happening on the alternate routes that trucks were taking, what was happening with travel times, where were trucks rerouting to. And so um, we're very fortunate to be able to do this work. We do a lot of work with state departments of transportation with that truck GPS data set. And of course, our own um, industry identified priorities like the top truck bottleneck list. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. I recall a few years ago hearing, I think maybe for the first time, about Atri's uh, new crash predictor model. Can you share you know, with the audience what that is, you know, what it reveals, how the industry can benefit from it? Absolutely. Uh, we have now, believe it or not, three iterations of the crash predictor model. The most recent one came out in 2018, where we look at, uh, in the most recent one, over 435,000 individual truck driver records to identify what are the driver behaviors that are most predictive of a future crash. And when we say behaviors, we talk about um, violations that a driver might receive at a roadside inspection. We, that person probably didn't score very high on that uh, crash predictor model. No, that would that that would that rate of speed. It's a daily occurrence in his bright yellow Ford Mustang. And um, it's not a woman, by the way, most no, likely. No, it's not. And I will get to that. You're right, Jamie. <laughs> um, but we look at um, violations, convictions, and crash involvement. And then we, um, uh, of that large cohort of drivers, and then we look at um, the statistical likelihood that that driver will be involved in a future crash. And in the, the most recent iteration, we found that across all of the statistically significant behaviors we identified, female professional drivers outperformed male professional drivers. And the males in our data set were involved in 20% more crashes than the females were. So it certainly makes the case for why we want to recruit more female drivers into the trucking industry. Yeah, agree, couldn't agree more. And uh, that's that's interesting information to say the least. Um, let's take a, a, a deeper dive. This is where we take a question from a listener seeking expert advice. We touched on this a little bit earlier. Uh, the question is, is it true uh, that we could hire drivers who are under 21 years old? How is that possible if the minimum age to drive with a CDL is 21? Um, you want to take a stab at, uh, at answering that? Well, certainly we know that once again, um, the Drive Safe Act has been introduced in Congress that would provide a pathway for 18 to 20 year olds to be able to drive a commercial vehicle across state lines. Jeremy, as you know, right now uh, in all states, uh, 18 to 20 year olds can drive a large commercial vehicle. They just can't cross a state line. 
And so using a whole suite of technologies that would improve safety for that younger driver, the Drive Safe Act, uh, with, with the right training and the use of technology and, and the right credentialed individual to help train them and mentor them, would provide a pathway for us to bring younger folks in. And, and there are some advantages to younger drivers. We've done a lot of work in our uh, development of our younger driver assessment tool that has identified some benefits that younger drivers bring to the driving equation. Their reaction times are faster. They, your reaction times slow as you get older. Your visual acuity is much stronger when you're younger than it is when you're older. That's why us older folks always have to wear reading glasses. So there are some benefits to younger drivers. It's, it's identifying, and that's the, the purpose of our assessment tool that we're working on. It's identifying those younger drivers who have the executive decision making that is more like those of us who have a little more experience, uh, combining their youthful benefits with that executive decision making uh, to find those diamonds in the rough among 18 to 20 year olds. Well, I'm looking forward to that. I, I really do think that it'll be a game changer from a from a workforce development standpoint and uh, and really move the needle with the challenges that we're facing with the driver shortage. Uh, lastly, you know, as I shared earlier, Atri is a, is a nonprofit organization, meaning you rely on, on funding from industry stakeholders and other organizations that value the work that you do. Uh, how can listeners learn more and, and show their support for the great work that Atri is doing? Well, um, we are hopeful that as we celebrate our 20th year as Atri, that everyone will want to be a part of the celebration and make a contribution to support our work. All the studies that we've just talked about are all done with charitable contributions. And those contributions can range from $20 to $20,000. As I always say, no contribution is um, too large, but no contribution is too small. And, and I, I love to tell how we have professional truck drivers who have sent us $25 checks because they value the work that we do on behalf of the trucking industry. So I'm, I'm hopeful everyone will visit truckingresearch.org, where it's real easy to click, make a, a contribution to show your support for the work we do on behalf of the trucking industry. What better way to, uh, to honor your 20th anniversary, right? Than to uh, give a, a, at least a, at least a twenty dollar donation to all of those who are listening today. Maybe that's that's your you know call to action um, for for tuning in. That would be a great way to to honor to celebrate, and um, and we'll see what happens. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully you'll see an uptick. <laughs> that would be great. That would be great, and we really do appreciate everyone's support. We have a, a, a cohort of individuals and organizations that give to us on an annual basis, but it really is a pleasant surprise when we find a, a new contributor who uh, sends us out of the blue a, a contribution to support our work, and we really appreciate that. Well, Rebecca, I just want to thank you so much for joining me today. It's always great to spend time with you. Uh, look forward to doing this again. Thanks, Jeremy. I really appreciate your time today as well. And thanks for joining me for another episode of the Taking the High Road podcast and for spreading the word to your industry peers. We really appreciate it. Remember to follow along at driverreach.com slash podcast. Please submit any questions or comments, including those which may appear on upcoming deeper dive segments at podcast at driverreach.com. And don't forget to rate and review the Taking the High Road podcast on whatever platform you listen. Until next time, thank you for taking the high road.